Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. He's got a brand new book, and boy, at a time like this, do we need it. You are never alone. Trust in the miracle of God's presence and power from author, pastor, and friend Max Lucado. How you doing, Max? I'm great. What a treat to hear your voice. How you been? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I saw the materials for this particular book and everything, I thought, oh, my gosh, of of the of the many things you've written, especially recently, I guess this is what I would gravitate to um, personally, just because, like so many, I can identify with this loneliness idea and um, not not that I have the thoughts at all, um, but just can understand why suicide is like through the roof. It's just such a strange time, and so, I mean, obviously God's uh, timing is sovereign, so to have a book like this come out uh, at a time, I really feel like it's desperately needed. I agree. I agree. Of course, I wrote the book prior to the pandemic. I I finished it. I did the final draft uh, right after the lockdown uh, began, and so I was able to just insert a paragraph or two about it in the book, but I I feel like it's it's a really timely topic for what people are facing these days. So why do you feel that loneliness is this epidemic? I think there are two or three uh, answers to that. I, I, I believe that technology is extraordinary. It's a blessing. Because of technology, you and I can have this conversation. But also because of technology, it is possible for a person to literally insulate themselves from human contact. You can go through, you don't have to, you know, uh, you can order your pharmaceutical needs, you can order your food, you can order your groceries. I mean, you never have to see another human being if you don't want to. Uh, You can manage a bank account, you can run a business. Uh, Everything can be done uh, insulated in a cocoon. And, And consequently, uh, because many people do that, all of us do it to some degree or another. Our interaction with with others has really become a lost commodity and a lost art, and, and it's taking its toll on us. Uh, that interaction that we used to have on a day to day basis by filling up a gas our car with gasoline, or going to the bank, or going to the grocery store, uh, it, 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 it we're missing that. We were made to have it. We were made to have it. And now, with the pandemic, even even when uh, lockdowns have have uh, been discontinued, even now we're still wearing masks. We're still cautious. We're most social distancing. Many people are avoiding uh, public interaction altogether, and so consequently, uh, we we shouldn't be surprised that loneliness and sense of isolation has even skyrocketed further. You know, I've always felt that that was one of the uh, the tools of the enemy is to get us isolated or to feel that we're the only one that has that problem, but yet we could still surround ourselves with people. And now, like we're finding, there's there's less of a need. And then when you're around somebody, um, then you're sort of wondering, oh, my gosh, you know, do they have it? Do I need to be cautious? It's it's so weird. 
creates a sense of paranoia, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's possible, though, brother, I, I think it's possible that this pandemic and this crisis, and it's not just the pandemic, it's the economic turmoil, the, the racial tension, uh, the polarized election. It's a, it's a quadruple tsunami that we're going through. And then, then hurricanes on the Gulf Coast, uh, fires on the West Coast. It's, it's just an extraordinary season. I believe if we will lean into God rather than panic, if we'll turn to faith more than we do fear, uh, that we'll discover that we can find in our relationship with God a vitality that nourishes us, nourishes us, even when all the rest is stripped away. And we may find that we were leaning too much uh, into the stimulants uh, or sources of entertainment or, 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 or diversion. We were leaning into those too much. And now that many of them are stripped away, uh, it's an opportunity for us to say, okay, now really, where do I go for strength? Does my strength depend upon being at that certain social event? Does my strength depend upon uh, interaction with, with other humans? What if I could find a, a relationship with God that is so vibrant that, that it, would, it would be my primary source of strength? And then when I do have interaction with others, that, that, that source of strength is even supplemented. It, it, it's, it's increased. Uh, and I think that's the opportunity that we have right now. And, brother, I think it's happening. I'm seeing indications of, uh, of, 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 of a revival, an awakening, a spiritual awakening. Uh, we had a citywide prayer service in the parking lot, the largest parking lot in San Antonio. And we had uh, several thousand people in the parking lot, but we had over 200,000 people online. Uh, just for, and we just put it together in a matter of a couple of weeks. I think people are hungry, Doug, for, for some type of spiritual, uh, affirmation and interaction. I think God is calling people to Himself during this season. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So the challenge is to be able to equip us with the tools that'll help pull that all together. And that's why I think, uh, I, I'm so excited about this book. You Are Never Alone, which you draw from uh, the Gospel of John. So talk a little bit about uh, why selecting that Gospel. Uh, like many people, John has always been my favorite Gospel. Uh, I love the book, uh, and, and, and it's nourished me a lot through the years. What's interesting about John's Gospel is that at the end of the Gospel, he tells us why he wrote it. He said, I, I have written these, uh, recorded these signs, so that you may believe, and in believing, you may have life in his name. Uh, and so John said, you can almost picture John late in his life uh, sitting down to write this gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke had already been written, and he, he wanted to make sure that there are certain stories, certain events, and certain teachings of Christ that would not be forgotten. He wanted to to provide for the church a collection of events, and that through those events we could have life. So it's almost like he self-edited. Okay, I'm going to tell this story, this story, this story, this story, and this story, because I know that if a person believes in those stories, then they will find a life. They'll, 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 they'll find strength for their, their lives. And so that's what's fascinated me about the Gospel of John. So I thought, I'm going to look at each of the miracles 
in the Gospel of John. And I'm also going to look at the, 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 the story of the crucifixion, the resurrection, plus the appearance of Christ to the disciples on the Sea of Galilee after the resurrection, and find that, that nugget, that jewel, that piece of gold that indwells each of these miracles. And, I, and, and once I did that, I, I thought, okay, well, what's the big theme? Well, the theme is you're never alone. You're never alone with your challenges, never alone with your struggles. The, the God who worked miracles then is working miracles still, and he'll, he'll draw near to us and help us when we face these difficult times. And like I said, I wrote this book way pre-pandemic, and so I, I didn't realize that it was going to be released in the middle of such a time in which we need that reminder uh, so desperately. Well, Max, you talk about uh, um, John being your favorite gospel. Is there a, a favorite miracle or story in the book or something that, that uh, connects with you uh, on a personal level? You know, uh, of, of course it has to be the resurrection, right? I mean, it, it has to be. And what's beautiful about John's gospel is that he describes how he went uh, when he heard that, that, that the tomb was empty. Uh, he and Peter went, and they ran to the tomb, and uh, Peter was... Uh, John was faster, but Peter was bolder. Peter went in, and he came out. Uh, John went in, and he said, and he believed. That was the moment he believed. When he saw the empty tomb, that's when he believed. That moment uh, was so... It redirected John's life. Now, it's interesting to me, he didn't say that after Jesus turned water into wine, after Jesus healed the paralytic near the pool of Bethesda, not even after Jesus uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. But it was when John saw the empty tomb uh, that he believed. And, and I think that's true for all of us. When we really understand that Christ vacated the tomb, and that there is no body, there was no body then, and there is no body still of Jesus Christ that's buried in a tomb. Uh, when we believe that, then that changes everything. You know, the, the resurrection is the keystone in the archway of the Christian faith. And to believe in the resurrection of Christ is also to believe in our own personal resurrection. That just like Jesus vacated his grave, he's going to vacate yours, he's going to vacate mine. And, uh, and, and, and consequently, there's much more to life than this life. So I think the resurrection of Christ, that is, is by far and above the miracle uh, that has spoken to my life uh, all these many, many years. So when you look at the different miracles and the different stories in the gospel, uh, sometimes maybe the more uh, cynical would be like, well, why didn't he heal everybody? Why, why, why did he choose to heal some and not others? How do, how do we rectify that? He will heal everybody. Uh, that's the promise of heaven. The greatest miracle, the greatest by far and away, the greatest miracle is yet to be. <clears throat> and that is when Christ uh, calls his saved, calls his children uh, to himself. And what awaits us is a graveless, a tearless, and a sinless society. And, 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 and that's the great miracle. So we can say for certain that he will heal every body, every person. Between now and then, we live in a fallen world. And it was never the goal of Jesus Christ when he was on this earth to take care of every hungry person or every sick person. Uh, if, if that was his goal, then he failed. 
But it was his goal to use signs, to use miracles, as John said, to teach us to believe in his power. The purpose of the miracles was to draw us to him. The purpose of miracles today is to draw us to him still. But there are still many, many uh, struggles uh, from which God has chosen not to deliver us. We're in the middle of one right now with the, with the pandemic. But he uses even these struggles, even these storms, uh, to call us to himself. Case in point, the miracle of Jesus walking on the water in the Gospel of John. Uh, it's a powerful moment in which Jesus walks on the water in the middle of the storm. But a person could say, well, why, why was there a storm to begin with? Uh, and the purpose of that storm uh, was so that Jesus could display his power, display his strength. At the end of that particular miracle, the Scripture says that the disciples worshipped him. That was the first time they worshipped him. They never worshipped him before. So that storm was permitted so Jesus could display his power, and the disciples would consequently worship him. Now, why does God allow pandemics? Why does God allow disease? Why does God allow the struggles that we face? I believe so that he can display his power, and as a result... Many of us are going to bow down and worship him who would not have worshipped him were it not for the storm. Sometimes the struggles are the greatest sermons that get our attention, and that's what Jesus uses uh, and is using him even still today. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. From, from the standpoint um, of a believer, uh, what is the message then to someone that's still waiting for God to intervene, that's, that, that knows logically like, yeah, I know he's got to hear me, but I just don't feel heard? Please be careful about trusting your feelings. You know, our feelings are not reliable. You know, some days we feel grumpy. Some days we feel happy. Uh, our feelings are not dependable. They're just emotions. And, and they're driven by uh, everything from uh, the amount of sunlight to the kind of food we eat. So, so let's be real careful about trusting our feelings, because some days we don't feel close to God. But the fact that we don't feel close to God doesn't mean that God is not close to us. We have to let Scripture be, a, be the authoritative voice in our lives. And the Scripture says, as Jesus saying, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The Scripture says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So somebody who's hearing my voice right now, you don't feel close to God. Well, my response is, I'm sorry, but that doesn't mean God's not close to you. Uh, you know, your, the feelings uh, can't dictate uh, our faith. Our faith must drive our feelings. So on the days you feel close to God, uh, say thank you. On the days you don't feel close to God, say thank you, because the same God is close regardless of how you feel. Awesome. Awesome. I understand for those that want to go deeper, it's not just the book, but there's also a study and a video series? Yes, sir. Uh, You know, as I I write a book each year, and each year we release along with it a study guide in the back of the book. My daughter Andrea wrote the study guide this time. Also, there's a special curriculum uh, that comes with it with a video series and then another uh, study guide book for the curriculum uh, video series. And so we're, we're just trying to give every tool possible to people. Uh, in, in, in a time like today, we really need to fill our minds with, with thoughts of faith and less thoughts of fear. I'm I'm about giving up on watching TV anymore because it just gets me so anxious. You know, I end up so wound up and stressful. 
and so I, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I'm needing to really manage what goes into my mind and, and read more scripture and listen to more worship. I keep my, keep my station on, on Christian music. I keep my heart on sermons. You know, anything I can to help me as I move forward, not to give in to the fear of today. 